Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Lennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 22, which was written by Mark Andreco with art penciled by Kevin McGuire, inked by Sean Parsons, and colored by FCO Placentia. Or Placentia? Maybe? Hmm. I'm... I'm that's that seems maybe right maybe wrong uh but we're gonna go with that all right so the description for this issue reads quote who murdered krypton supergirl and krypto rocket into space en route to the green lantern world of mogo where she hopes to find clues about rogel czar and his connection to the destruction of krypton instead she finds whispers and cover-ups what are the GLs hiding? And will they go from green to red when they find out she's in possession of Czar's weapon of war? Hint, yes, unquote. <laughs> so uh, this uh, issue had Supergirl really uh, encountering the Green, green Lantern's big time. Uh, they are concerned about her because she seems to be a little bit of an intruder. So I know we talked about in the previous issue, Morgan, that... Uh, we saw Supergirl interacting with Hal Jordan, but uh, now we see her interacting with a whole bunch of Green Lanterns. So what were your thoughts on that? Since you have very little knowledge of the Green Lanterns, what do, what, are, what are your impressions of them in this issue? I thought they were pretty interesting. There's so many of them. Uh, my favorite is the squirrely raccoony one <laughs> who says he's not a squirrel yeah he does but like he kind of looks like a squirrel <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the crit the critter green lantern obviously is my favorite one uh <laughs> so i i guess i didn't even realize that like there's a lot of them uh, is is the one is the main one like the hal jordan one is he just the one that happens to be on earth like kicking it with us and like all the rest of the green lanterns are up on this planet with this like um really overworked alien dude who like <laughs> super stressed out about his manager <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be a lot of those aliens who are like freaked out about uh what the higher ups have to say um that's a really good question um because Sometimes, from my knowledge of Green Lanterns, like Hal Jordan, like they they all cover a different sector of the universe of space. So Hal Jordan oversees Sector Two Eight One Four, and so uh, what is confusing to me about the Green Lanterns, and maybe a listener can help uh, both of us understand this, is that John Stewart, who we uh, meet in this issue, he also. Uh, sometimes, uh, and I think Kyle Rayner's in this issue. So they are uh, Green Lanterns for Sector 2814 uh, as well. So I'm not exactly sure how they are also uh, Green Lanterns at the same time as Hal Jordan. So I don't know if they like go off into space while Hal is overseeing Sector 2814 and they just hang out in Mogo while Hal's do So I, I don't understand like the the politics of it. I don't understand how you can uh, be a Green Lantern for a, a certain sector. Um, I some of that is very confusing to me. But uh, it does seem like while Hal is doing his thing on Earth, everybody else is hanging out on uh, on Mogo. 
And I thought it was really interesting because I did not know anything about Mogo before. And this issue mentioned that it's a sentient planet. Huh. Weird. So that that means it it, it lives and breathes? Does it have, like, opinions about people? <laughs> <laughs> Is it like, that's Supergirl. I don't know about her. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting mention. Uh, so I'm going to have to do uh, some research on Mogo and figure out why does it need to be sentient? Uh, so that was interesting to me. And I also do enjoy the uh, the not squirrel Green Lantern, although I've never understood how to pronounce it. Uh, the name is uh, B apostrophe DG. Big Bigs. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce huh. that. Uh, you can read it in a comic, but if you actually pronounce it, not really sure how to do that. Uh, but I did like that Supergirl, she, she's going, she's trying to get information. So she thinks that the Green Lanterns can help her figure this out because they have all the knowledge because their planet is sentient and they have all these archives. So I guess they have all the information that she thinks she needs. Uh, so I think that's really smart of her to to go use the, the Green Lanterns uh, for that end to kind of figure out what they know uh, especially since she's trying to find out information about Rogelzar and uh, some of his past. So I think that's really smart of her to go to the people who have the information. Uh, but they they do seem to be a little weary of her because she she shows up with this big old axe. Uh, so I guess they have every right to uh, question what she's doing and whether or not she's an intruder. Does she have good intentions? Uh, so I don't think it's out of, uh, you know, it, it seems like a reasonable response to her that they'd be like, hey, what are you doing? Uh, so I, I can't blame them for, for questioning her. She does come up. Uh, a, a little suspiciously, <laughs> we'll say that uh, she's not she's not bringing like a fruit basket. She's not <laughs> she's not she's kind of showing up after having blown up her ship right by uh, the sentient planet. So the planet's not going to love that. Maybe it was trying to sleep. We don't know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then she's holding a giant axe, and honestly, she's not being that nice. Yeah. She's kind of like, yeah, I got an axe. What about it? And they're like, well, <laughs> it's a little weird, and you're being a bit aggressive about it. And she's like, so? I'm Supergirl. Listen, let's, like, like take – I understand that she's, like, had – a day, but she needs to take it down a couple of notches. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did you think about how the axe changed shape? I thought that was really cool and weird. And I, I suspected it was because they didn't want to keep drawing this giant axe. <laughs> They're like, is it is it reasonable for her to carry this giant thing around with her all the time? Or could we, like, make it smaller? Yeah, I did think that was interesting that it does seem to change shape. And I don't know if it listens to her, if it if it if it is also sentient somehow that it sort of feels her emotions or or if it's under her control at all. Um, I don't I don't know exactly how that works for Supergirl, but um it does seem to change shape and have kind of a mind of its own. Uh, so I did like that. Um, and there was also a change that happened in this issue that Supergirl got a little bit of a, a costume change. She got a little wardrobe change here. She goes from uh, the typical sort of traditional Supergirl suit with the the skirt, and then she... Um, 
she goes out in the middle of the night to uh to see what she can get out of the green lantern archives and she's got uh, a different uh piece of attire on which she's sneaking around what, what did you think about that <laughs> well she put on her supergirl spy outfit uh, I-, I thought it was really interesting that it looks so much like the outfit that superman wears in red sun mm. like on the cover of red sun like i i was like ooh is this like supposed to be showing us something like maybe this quest for, you know, revenge almost or, or to avenge the bottle city of candor is like taking her down a dark path, like literally cause her suit is like, she's wearing her stealthy spy suit, which also still has like a, a good amount of red in it for when you're trying to blend in with your surroundings. <laughs> red is not exactly like a color. It's like, where are they? Yeah, you would think <laughs> that if she wanted to sort of blend in with the shadows and the nighttime, maybe don't put bright red in the costume. So I, I don't know exactly where she did she have this costume on her in the ship. Uh, was it something that the Green Lanterns just had? Um available for her to borrow i don't know where she she got this suit um but yeah it did it did seem like it was sort of sticking out although she had the hood on and um i guess i could conceal conceal her a little bit because she she i think she did have a well it looked like she had a hood in some panels but then she's not really wearing it while she's sneaking around which is kind of weird uh so well there's a couple of panels when she has a hood on (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so I did. I did think it was a little strange that she just randomly had this costume change. But I, I think it's a cool costume, and it may be indicative of her. Uh, I think you're right. It might be indicative of her going down a dark path. Maybe she's going down uh, a path she shouldn't be going down. Maybe she's uh, going to get herself into trouble. Uh, so I do think that the the costume might uh, signal a change for her. So I think that's pretty cool, and. Uh, I guess the the big thing that happens to Supergirl at the end of this issue is that she she poofs out. Yep, she sure does. <laughs> like like a uh, Turid Golden X and uh, her friend Neon, they just she just poofs out of the issue. Uh, she's fighting the Green Lanterns. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff is going on. Crypto gets in on the action, and then uh, Supergirl disappears and finds herself uh, encountering what is his face. Uh, let's see. She encounters the last testament of Appa Ali Apsa, who claims that he was a member of a of the organization or the cabal known as the Circle, uh, which is the organization that unleashed Rogel Czar. So she's, I mean, Supergirl is finding some answers. I mean, she's she's progressing, I guess, as these issues go on. So I, I think that's that's good that she seems to be pushing forward to the the next step of her journey. So what did you think about the art in this in this issue? Did you have any favorite panels or pages? So I'm looking at the panel where she's like breaking in to where she starts breaking into this restricted section. And behind me, when the axe behind her, sorry, when the axe starts to like get weird is the weirdest looking creature. I think I just like all the little critters on this on this planet because it's like this weird sort of blob with three eyes and they all the eyes looked really concerned like what are you doing here (laughs) that is a weird creature and i i'm trying to place it in terms of 
uh, the action that's taking place. <laughs> she does she does encounter another little at the top of that page. There's also another little. Is that the same creature with the three eyes? That's what I couldn't figure out because that's a Green Lantern. Is it? Because well, because earlier she does encounter like one of those cr- creatures like she did in the last issue only this one's blue and i couldn't figure out if it was the same creature that like that got all mad when she was when hal jordan was looking up um that information or if it was like a di- and like that same creature just like was having a blue day <laughs> or if it was like a different creature and they look just all the creatures on this planet have that same like panicked energy <laughs> and then my my question is like what are the working conditions for these creatures because they all seem like they're just having just like the worst day <laughs> uh, no this is actually a this is not like a Disney's Sleeping Beauty uh, from 1959 where it's like pink dress blue dress pink dress is not like that these are two different characters so our previous uh little alien friend was named hackman and this guy is Cezal. c apostrophe z a l says two different two different people um but it was it this issue or in the previous issue where like it had that page where i guess it was the the one from uh 21 where I think Hackman like was running it like it was like a whole page of him just running to get to, to get somewhere. Uh, I think it was in twenty one. I think so. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, they, they they do seem to have a frantic energy about them. Uh, but yeah, so some of these little alien creatures, I'm gonna have to look up that sort of. I don't know what kind of creature it is, but it has like little tentacles, but it has a big Green Lantern symbol in the middle of it. So that's got to be a Green Lantern, and I don't know which one that is. So I'm going to have to do some research on that weird uh, alien-looking Green Lantern with the three eyes. I just had so many questions. I was like, "What? what is it? I mean, <laughs> it couldn't get weirder than the squirrel Green Lantern, but I guess it could. But I, I, I also felt very bad for it because, like, the, it almost gets an axe in the face. I know. Which, between its three little eyes. Uh, <laughs> that would have been... It's uh, like, I am just having a day. <laughs> <laughs> they don't pay me enough for this. <laughs> I'm going to HR. Yeah, that axe was uh, getting out of control. And Supergirl was trying to do her best to uh, handle it. But she needed some help. And I did like um, on page uh, 18 at the very bottom when uh, she knows things have get that things have gotten out of control and she yells crypto and oh my god and, and he's sleeping <laughs> he's sleeping and he, he gets one eye awake and then he's fully awake and then he zips off to go help her I, I thought that was a really uh, great set of panels there to, to show what what crypto what, what's what's crypto been up to while this is going on he was sleeping. Uh, he <laughs> wanted to, to just uh, sleep while Supergirl was out there doing her thing with her super secret uh, spy outfit. So I do like things like that in, in this issue where um, we get to see more of Crypto's reaction to things. And um, also in terms of the art, 
Um, on page nine, when Supergirl's ship blows up, I thought it was cool that there's this uh, big image of the explosion and the, the boom text on top of it. Uh, the use of that is really, really effective. Yeah, that was my I think that was my favorite page in the in the issue because it was just I, I really liked the colors too, like the way that the um, they they're sort of like blue and there's uh, yellow and it, it just has like a real feeling of movement yeah i i really enjoyed that page um even though it was sort of a it's kind of a simple simple image like there's not a whole lot going on but you're right the colors really make that stand out um and it it, it's very effective in showing exactly what happens um even though it's uh it's it's to me it's it's not as elaborate as some of these other panels where there's a lot going on but it does a really good job of showing you exactly what happens um i also like the bottom of page 10 where supergirl's tapping on the axe to see kind of what it does and she taps on it and then uh it gets sort of engulfed in a green lantern construct and so it gives this effect where it almost seems like she's making that happen. But really, it, as it turns out, as it's revealed that the Green Lanterns are the ones uh, responsible for it. So I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good joke that's just sort of conveyed in uh, a visual form. It's not, you know, it's not something that's, you know, we're not being told what's happened. So you're, I, I, I like the idea that I was just kind of following along the action and got a joke out of a, a non-verbal <laughs> cue. So I like that. Um, I also like the use of faded text on page 13 um, in those panels where, um, uh, you know, there's talking, 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 and Supergirl, like, the I, I interpreted it as uh, the text was faded because she, she was kind of not paying attention. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And you can, you can kind of see little bits and pieces of what they, he's saying, and she's just, like, not interested. <laughs> yeah, so I really liked that. I, I thought the, uh, the jokes and the humor were very, um, very clever in this issue because it, it was done just in, with visuals. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that a lot. And also, page 15 was a good uh, example of uh, nonverbal sort of communication through art um, because this, this is the whole page where Supergirl puts on her hood and she's uh, going to go out in the middle of the night to, to investigate uh, what the Green Lanterns have in their uh, archives and such. And, they, you know, we don't have any Supergirl inner monologue or anything. It's just... Uh, panels of her going out and doing those things and so I really like that when it allows me to sort of take as a as a reader it allows me to kind of get in on the storytelling I'm not my nobody's holding my hand I get to sort of interpret it for myself and I, I really enjoy that well uh so Morgan what are your overall thoughts on issue uh, number 22 I like this one a lot actually I think sort of like the adventuring aspect of it with her and crypto uh is really fun like any any little thing with crypto has been like pretty great when she's f- flying and trying to figure out like what she's going to do when she gets to the planet and crypto is just sleeping behind her like <laughs> upside down on his on his back this <laughs> is really great um I, I i liked i liked kind of taking supergirl on a space adventure um, and sort of learning more about the Green Lantern planet and, uh, you know, what they have going on and 
sort of trying to see Supergirl, you know, kind of trying to do her own thing instead of like, I feel like Supergirl is usually uh, pretty helpful for other people and, and working together with other superheroes. And in this one, she's sort of like, uh, okay, I'm just going to break into your, uh, to your build it, your knowledge building that I'm not supposed to be in. And my ax is going to go crazy and try to kill one of, one of your, um, you know, guardian floaty head guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no idea how to describe that thing yet. He's like a, like a little paisley, a floating paisley. Uh, <laughs> um, so I thought that was kind of interesting where she's kind of like, on a, you flip the story around, and she's kind of the bad guy in this one. Yeah, like she's she's not playing by the rules. She's not really asking for help from them. And when they're like, "Could you, hey, could you put that axe down?" She's like, not all that nice about explaining that. Like, <laughs> she doesn't have any like power over it. They're, she's like, you know what? I don't think you'd want me to drop this axe. It's like, um, you could explain that you have no idea what, what's happening and like going crazy on you. But she's like, no, she's got she's got a crack and wise. So it's kind of interesting to see a, a version of Supergirl that's like a little different than the version we usually see because she's on this sort of almost this vengeance mission. And I, it kind of feels like she's uh, sort of like other people's feelings are aren't as important to her as as getting the mission accomplished. And I think she's a little uh, in, in this mode of a little, little bit of ends justify the means, uh, which is not usually a I th- feel like a place that we see Supergirl. So it's interesting for me from a story perspective. And also, you know, while the, all that's going on with her character, there's also like a dog that is like. <laughs> coming in to save the day with a giant cape on so this is sort of the content that i'm uh, that i crave (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good point though about how supergirl has been sort of uh withholding in information from uh you know when if in her relationship to the green lanterns in this issue because there's a whole bunch of instances uh where she's got her her blue sort of inner monologue where they're asking her questions and uh, she's thinking one thing and saying the other. So she's not telling them the uh, entire truth about what she's doing, what she needs, what she's looking for, uh, and what she uh, wants to accomplish. So uh, I do think that that's something that maybe if she actually, it's one of those things where maybe if she just told them what was really going on, maybe things would be a little different. But uh, she seems to be... uh, holding too much of that inside and i don't know if that's going to be costly for her later i don't know but uh she she might want to tell you know the green lanterns uh the the truth i think they could be really helpful for her but uh she has chosen not to tell them anything and now she's kind of really on her own uh because when she poofs out she's uh by herself so um but i do like that she is progressing in the story. She's gotten to the next step where she's learning more information. So as a reader, I appreciate that because I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. Uh, I do feel like this is going somewhere. So that's exciting because there were parts of Rebirth where I felt like, 
oh, was this doing anything? Was this accomplishing accomplishing anything? Um, so I'm glad that this feels like it's there's forward momentum uh, with this storyline. So I'm I'm still sort of enjoying the uh, space adventure with Supergirl and Crypto. Uh, so I look forward to uh, where this goes from here. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number 22. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 22 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at SupergirlRadio.com. You can email us at SupergirlRadio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. And if you leave us some feedback, if you write in or call, make sure to do it before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. If you know the name of that weird little alien Green Lantern (laughs) in Supergirl number 22, please let us know. Uh, Call in or write us an email. That would be great. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. Uh, you can also catch us on Radio Public and Podchaser. We are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And if you need links to any of those things I just mentioned, you can go to supergirlradio.com and uh, find them all on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Ashley for the DC TV plugs. If Supergirl Radio fills your heart with glee, then follow the network for DC TV. Don't fail this city, you've got to hear Quiver, where Amanda and Mike will always deliver. Then run along and check out The Flash, Andy and friends made quite the splash. Don't forget the legends like they all forgot Rip. These ladies would never jax you to the time ship. Then join Clement and Nate in the incredible Brit, for Black Lightning's podcast where we all get lit. We come to iZombie, which is very alive, except maybe after the end of season five. Our newest addition to our CW crew is the Batwoman podcast ready for you. We jump over to sci-fi, a whole different channel, to check out Krypton way before our bro Kal-El. Then there's DC Universe so we can all stream. The awesome show Titans, we're only summer teens. And if you love the oldies, may I recommend classic DC TV. Honestly, 10 out of 10. That's it, I hope. Please, Andy, good night. But I would make an exception for Young Justice, all right? Check out DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Twitter. And I, I think the uh, the plugs are a little out of date now because Uh-oh. we've added a Watchmen podcast. Oh, that's right. So I think it, it, maybe it's maybe my my long uh, and well deserved break <laughs> has run to come to its end. Maybe it's time for me to get back to plugging. <laughs> <laughs> so we we will uh, keep the plugs as they are now. Maybe we'll have to have. Uh, a new competition uh, to see <laughs> to see if anybody wants to record, you know, because we're always adding new podcasts, always uh, constantly uh, just adding the podcast to the list. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid, and, and uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I'm also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at JLUniverse.podomatic.com. 
And I do a little voice acting on a podcast called The Fakest, and that's Fakest with an I. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We have a long hiatus, uh, but we still have some content coming out. So you should subscribe so that you can get all the new and latest episodes. Yeah, subscribing uh, makes it really easy because then it just pops up and you, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to know anything. It's just there. It's just in your in your app. It just it just it's like a little surprise when it pops up and it's like, hey, there's a new episode of the Legends <laughs> Tomorrow podcast. It's very exciting. It's like a little present uh, that you get to unwrap digitally, I guess. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us uh, with Supergirl number twenty-two. So thanks for joining us as we read Supergirl Rebirth. <laughs>